All right. How, how did you find out that she was affecting HIV or AIDS? Well, I knew. <clears throat> I don't remember what I went to the doctor for, but I went to the doctor for something in my early. Oh, geez, had to be in my early 20s. And uh, when they gave me the report, they said, you know, I tested positive for HIV. So it was something very devastating. And like a lot of people back in those days. And that was during just, the 80s, early 90s, would you say? Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. That's, yes. when it, that's when HIV AIDS was just ravaging the uh, homosexual, Absolutely. the gay community at that time. Absolutely. And so, like a lot of people, I just figured out of sight, out of mind. I just I just could not bring myself to, to believe that I already had it. And fortunately for me, I never really had any major uh, health issues. So I had just put it out of my mind, you know, that I didn't really have it. And unfortunately, it lay dormant in my body. And, and uh, if it, you know, eventually, uh, it, it, you know, eventually it began to, you know, show up. And so uh, what happened was right before I was releasing my book, my testimony, I got very, very sick. And um, I had hepatitis, I had sepsis, I had a collapsed lung, which ended up putting me on oxygen 24-7, and I was just jacked up. And so, um, you know, some prophets had told me, you know, the devil wants to kill you. He doesn't want your testimony to get out, but of course, the Lord is not going to allow you to die you know, you're going to live and you're going to make it past this. So I said, okay. <laughs> so uh, about three months, I began to recover and I recovered, you know, well enough to go home. And so I went to my doctor's visits every two weeks. And, you know, he told me, he said, your T-cell, you have a T-cell count of six. He said the average person should have, you know, maybe, uh, I guess on the average, maybe 500 T-cells. He says, Your, yours are the lowest of any person I've ever seen. I said, well, I'm in really in bad shape. But the miracle is I would go to the doctor every two weeks, and every two weeks I got better and better. So finally, one day I went, and when I went, I saw even the nurses you know, and the staff, everybody was looking like looking at me like they had seen a ghost. And I said, what are they, what are they looking at? And everybody was just smiling and said, oh my God, you look so good. I said, I do. And they was like, yes. So I said, this is strange. So when I went into the doctor's office, he's usually like real talkative, real animated. This day he was very serene. He said, your vitals look really good. I said, oh, okay, praise the Lord. And he said, I think the last step is for you to get off the oxygen. He said, I think you're going to be off the oxygen really soon. I said, okay. 
He said, but I'm looking here. He said, and your status, he said, your status is 100% undetectable. I said, undetectable? He said, yes, it's undetectable. He said, and you're not even in a danger zone of passing anything to anyone. He said, so technically you can, you're free to have unprotected sex because you, you, you don't have a transmission of anything to pass. I said, oh no, we do holiness over here, sir. I said, we ain't having sex. And he was looking at me like I was crazy. I said, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. But I was like, okay, thank you. But no, we don't have sex over here. Because he was basically telling me like, you know, you can go on and get it cracking. I was like, no, sir, I don't do that. But it was just amazing because again, just like God had supernaturally, personally delivered me, it was the same thing with the healing. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything special. I didn't, I didn't do anything. God just divinely did it. Now, what I will say, the Bible tells us the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. I did have, you know, hundreds of people praying for me. So outside of the prayers of the saints, I, I have to be honest, I didn't do anything. God just, you know, in his sovereignty, he just completely healed me. And, you know, I've had so many miracles in my life. It was just another miracle to go with all the other miracles. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, most people don't understand that. When your T-cell, I think your T-cell goes a certain, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, I, I know something about HIV because I read on it. And I don't think they realize that when your T-cell go down a certain number, right? And it's gonna turn like like that could really affect you. That that you could really die. Something like like you, death you, is not you, you, you basically you basically have no immune system to fight. So you can die. It, so at that point, you can catch anything. Anything you catch could take you out of here. So it's it's a serious thing, and um, you know it's just I I, I can't I. It, all I can say is it was an absolute miracle. Yeah, because with the, the immune system, um, fight, fight off disease and, and viruses and stuff like that. So when you have, when your T cells go, like uh, it's, it's, when it affects your T cells, then you could die of anything. Absolutely. Then, okay, so what year was that when you find out your, it was undetected? Your viral load. Uh, it's been almost two years now. Okay, so it's been two years since you. Um, Approximately. So Was that? Approximately. I don't have an actual date, but. Okay. Yeah. Were you taking medication or anything like that? Yeah, I did. I did take whatever they told me to take, but even in the medication. Um, I never wanted to get uh, dependent on it, so I didn't take it the way, like, they was. They wanted to pump me up with a whole bunch of stuff, and I had just made up in my mind, I'm not, I'm not taking all this stuff. So I, I took pretty much the bare minimum. I didn't take, you know, what they prescribed me to take because I was like, mm -mm, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, filled up with all this stuff. 
and the side effects and things. So I never really did take the medicine, not the way that they, you know, You're supposed to prescribed yeah. me to take it. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I remember back in the days, it was like a cocktail of like 25 pills, right? There was a lot of pills that you had to take. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know about forty-five, but and then you everybody. Everybody's everybody's situation is different, so I can't speak for somebody else's, you know, uh, medical history. But I just know something in my spirit said, "Don't take all this mess." So I just didn't, and you know, I just didn't. Yeah, it, it's um. Uh... No, I was saying like 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 maybe like thirty years ago. Like I think people had to take like twenty five different uh, pills. I, I forgot the name of the because uh, I went back then when that medication came out. It saved a lot of people's life. But the thing is, at your age, you know, God set you free, and then you know, it, it just it's just amazing because people are not set free, people are not healed from um, from HIV. You know, the or AIDS, you, you're not healed from that. And it's just amazing that God is able to do that for you. And when God told you that uh, this is the last time for you to, I think you said something in the previous video, something about if you don't get saved, like if you don't uh, repent, you're going to die. Well, he didn't say necessarily I was going to die. He just said, this is your last chance. You know, he just offered me deliverance, and he said, "This, this is it. This is your last chance. I've spared you your life time and time again, and this is it. Plain mm -hmm. and simple. This is it. So either you take it or you leave it." And and you just heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying that to you. So when was like so? He trying to reach out to you before while he was in your sin. Like um, you heard, you you almost got saved before. Well, I don't think, so see, for me, it was a, it was a different level of communication. You know, I've always, I've always struggled with the sex sexuality, you know, because of, you know, my, what I went through, but <clears throat> I've never heard God the way I heard him, you know, when he, when he uh, when he told me this is my last chance, it was like it was a supernatural experience. Meaning, my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ears were open, so I could hear God clearly, which I couldn't hear Him before. So it was an appointed time that God had set for my deliverance. And so when God began to speak to me, I couldn't deny it. I knew it was God. I knew what he was saying, and there was no, there was no confusion whatsoever. So I did not have that kind of experience with God before that. So it was just a divine appointment that he had just decided this is it. <laughs> and so it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, what's amazing is like, you know, God knew all the stuff that you went through, and he had a plan for your life. You know, no matter what you went through, getting molested as a young kid. And, um, you know, he always, it was not his will that happened, but he allowed it to happen because he knew one day that he was going to use you. 
to um, to use your testimony to win to win souls. So because the thing, the lie that the devil feed us is that you have to stay that way, like you was born this way. You know what I'm saying? So, but a lot of people in that lifestyle, you know, they 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 believe the lie that they cannot be changed, that they cannot be delivered. And and so with your testimony, people who's gonna see this video, they're gonna realize that the enemy's a liar. I can't change, you know, um, God can deliver me from, from from this lifestyle. Because a lot of people that's in this kind of lifestyle, they they had the same background like yourself, you know, they were molested, somewhere raped, you know. So in my situation myself, you know, I was uh, molested by my aunt. So it affected me too. So it affected me. I became very promiscuous, you know, sleeping around different women, going to the strip clubs. And so, you know, when you get molested as a young kid, it, your mind kind of wired, you know? So you become so sexually distorted and then it affects you. You, be, you become very promiscuous. And like you said, you do not know what, um, you think sex is love when it's really not. Yeah. So, 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 so I, I understand where you're coming from, but we, it did not affect me as far as like, I mean, it was about female, but it affected me because I became very promiscuous, uh, sleeping around with uh, prostitutes, going to the strip clubs, and watching pornography. But the Lord was able to deliver me and set me free from that. So, I can kind of relate to what you your experience. And it's only somebody who's been through what you've been through who kind of relate, you know? But that's the power of God. You know, he's able to set us free. And God sees us as a victim because of what the enemy did to us. The enemy did that to us to try to destroy our lives. But God is using that today we able to minister to people and able to tell them, look, we know. God see what we went through, but he's able to set us free. And he will set you free. Yeah, so so um, one of the biggest things is our identity. And so one of the, uh, you know, what makes it so, excuse me, what makes it so hard for people to come out of perversion is because they, they, they're deceived and they believe the false identity that Satan gives them. So they think I'm, I'm born, <laughs> they think I'm born this way. They think um, I can't help who I am. I can't help who I like. I can't help who I love. You know, I can't help what I'm attracted to. And so it's kind of like, I use the analogy of being a black man. No matter what I do, no matter how I feel, I'm never not going to be a black man. Right. So I can say, I can say, I, I feel like I'm Italian. Well, I don't care how you feel. The reality is you're a black man. So you can say, I feel Italian. I look Italian. Call me Italian. But at the end of the day, you are who God made you. And so, you know, the false identity that Satan gives people 
it makes them think that there's no room for deliverance. There's no room for change because how can I change? How can I change who I am? How I feel. And so, you know, it's the false identity that keeps people trapped because they think, you know, I'm this way and I can't be any other way. So they don't see deliverance as an option because they feel like uh, I, I can't, I can't, you know, there's no room for change because this is just who I am, how I am. So it's, it's a major deception, uh, you know, that keeps people stuck in their lifestyle because they don't, they don't think deliverance is possible for them. Yeah, it kept them in bondage. And, and the thing what you said was uh, when you went to that church, the way the pastor taught you, and, you know, you're coming for deliverance. And that's a problem with a lot of Christians, a lot of uh, you know, pastors, people who's in uh, ministry, is that we don't show the same grace. We don't show the same mercy that the Lord shows us to others. You know, the pastor should not have, you know, this start talking about, you know, he should have shown grace and pray for you and spend time with you. And, you know, because some, a lot of, a lot of the times, uh, people are just looking for somebody that they could talk to. You know, they're looking for somebody who would be able to show them the same compassion, grace that the Lord shows us, you know? So it's, when we go out there, when we minister to those who's in that kind of lifestyle, is to show mercy and grace to them and, and, and you know, push love to them, tell them that God can deliver you. There's hope for you in Christ. You know, you don't have, your identity should not be in your sexual preference. Your identity should be in Christ. So it doesn't matter what your nationality, your race, your color, your gender, your identity should always be in Christ. Christ should be your first love. You see where I'm coming from? So that's what we need. And but the devil threatened the lie, and they think that you know it's, it's all about sex. No. Yeah. Well, so that's for me, uh, so for me, another part of the experience is that growing up in church and growing up in music ministry, I saw a lot of perversion in the church. And it, 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 I always thought it was hypocritical and confusing because the, 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 the church would teach and preach, you know, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So they're, you know, preaching holiness and all of this, but they're allowing the choir directors and their worship leaders to live a life of perversion. And I mean, it was to the point where it's, it's, it's physically, it's visibly ob obvious, the lifestyle that they're living. So I always had a problem with that, that we would allow people living in perversion to direct our choirs and to lead our worship teams, but then we preach against it. I said, this, this is part of the problem. We allow people to operate in their gifts without any character or without any accountability for their lifestyles, 
because they're good at what they do. But we're sending mixed messages because we're telling people, you know, live holy. But then we got this person up here, you know, directing the choir and living in full perversion. So, you know, that when I saw those kind of things in church, you know, it just did not encourage me to move forward because I'm like something, something is wrong here, you know. So I yeah, think it, a lot of times the church is hypocrites. Yeah, because it all starts with the leader, right? It all starts with the pastor. You know, the pastor have to create the culture of the church. If, if you have a pastor who's speaking out against sin, but he's living in sin, it just, you know, defeats the whole purpose. So everything, just like at work, it all starts with the leader. You have to set the right tone, um, you know, for that church. You know, like, like the Lord called upon me four times to start a church. So that's what I'm in the process of doing. But you cannot speak holiness if you're not living holiness. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, Absolutely. that's why it's important. But um, did you have anything else you wanted to tell the audience? Uh, I, I was just uh, mentioning my book. So my book is called Blessings and Freedom. Yeah. And our slogan, the slogan is dispel the myth. And what is the myth? The myth is once gay, always gay. That's a lie from the pit of hell because I am a living, uh, you know, I'm living proof that God can deliver from anything. And um, just a, a, an amazing, uh, an amazing story connected to the book is this. So when I first, when God first told me to write, my life story, I was a little apprehensive because it's like, God, I don't want everybody knowing my business, all the stuff I've done. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be put out there like that. And he said, you know, this is your purpose. Your purpose is to help people get free. He said, yeah. so you have to do it. I said, okay. So again, remember how we talked about obedience? You know, obedience was the key, you know, to, to me receiving a lot of my deliverance. And so when God told me to write the book, I wrote it. And then my book coach, she said, now, what you have to do, every experience that you've mentioned, you have to put the correlating scriptures to go with it so that people can search the scriptures for themselves. And it's not you just talking. It's that, you know, va validate it, verify it with the scriptures. So I went back and I added all the scriptures related, you know, to all my experiences. And what's so amazing is God told me, he said, because of your obedience, you took your book to the next level. And I said, what do you mean? He said, your book was a testimony. He said, but when you added the scriptures, he said, you teach people how you got entangled and what you got in, you allow them you know, the experience that you had to get free. He said, but you give them the tools on how to stay free. He said, so it went from a testimony to a deliverance manual. And I'm going to tell you this, God always confirms his word. When I began to get uh, reviews on Amazon, one of the first reviews I got, it blew my mind. The person said, this book is not just a testimony 
It is a deliverance manual. And it is amazing Amen. what God has done to this man. I said, there's no way. I said, this couldn't be a coincidence. I said, God was confirming, you know, what he said about the book. So, yeah. So it's Blessings and Freedom. It's available on Amazon. And it's also available on my website. Mm -hmm. And my website is Dispel the Myth, D-I-S-T-E-L, the Myth, M-Y-T-E-H, at uh, GoDaddySites.com. Well, Dispel Mr. Boyd, Mr. Boyd, I'm going to put all mm -hmm. that information below the video. So if they want to, um, they can click on your, your website. They can also click oh, on the sure. link. They could go buy the book. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put all that information for you to make sure that uh, you know they're able to uh, see your website and buy and purchase the book on Amazon. So um, thank you so much. Yeah. So guys, uh, Mr. Boyd, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, sharing your testimony with the audience, with the subscribers. And guys, I think the uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to watch us. And like I said before, I'm going to put all the link, all his information below this video. You can uh, purchase his book. Check him out on his website. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you.